This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Tallahassee. Brrr, it's cold, <laughs> but the Word of God will always warm you up in the right spot. You're listening to 94.1 Wave 94. Servant Marcia, Escape to Heaven. We are here to talk about how do we do it, should we do it, and where do we go from here? Well, first of all, question yourself. Are you the chosen? Oh my God. Because in order to escape, you need to have some kind of expectation that you can escape. We're living in turbulent time, the earthquakes, the rumors of wars, just like Jesus said. Matter of fact, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me pray before we start. Father God, we ask you to let your word today encourage us, lead us, and guide us, Lord, and remind us, God, that we are the chosen. Amen. And um, I wanted to go and look at why is being chosen so important, because we are living in the turbulent times that Jesus referred to, I believe, over in the, let me see, am I there, the 24th chapter of Matthew. And, um, you know, the disciples that were with him, they were thinking like, hey, when when are you going to, you know, set everything up so we can take over, you know, get these Romans out of here? And a lot of us think that when Jesus comes in our life, it's all about removing the enemy that we know. But what about the enemy that we knoweth not? And that was the case of the disciples. They never viewed sin as the enemy. They really never looked at the reality that if you are not born again and move from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, that really there is no expectation for you as it relates to um, taking over a world or removing the enemy out of your daily existence. Because precisely the disciples came unto him saying, tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of you coming back and of the end of the world? So they they understood some of it. They understood uh, the fact that Jesus said he was going to come back. Um, and even that's in John 14th, he mentioned that, uh, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me and my father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would not, I would have told you. So Jesus let them know that he goes to prepare a place for you and I. And he says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. So that's, that could kind of, um, 
let you and I understand why the disciples had an expectation that Jesus was going to come back. And they also wanted to know, well, when is this world that you, you know, that you've talked to us about and that you are doing signs and wonders and healings and casting out of demons and so forth? When will this world end? And that sounds like you and I. When will our trials and tribulations end so that we can literally enjoy in our minds the kingdom of heaven or escape to heaven? And so uh, some of the things, how do you know? that we're in the moment where escaping is something we should be thinking about. You know, Jesus said that, okay, let no man deceive you. That's number one. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And then you'll see nation rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And a lot of that means you'll see the nations but kingdom against kingdom, that spiritual warfare, that's also civil unrest, like what we did experience in America recently and many other countries. And there shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes, and unusual places. And, and look what Jesus says. That's just the beginning. So you want to have an idea of when is Jesus really going to come back? Well, everything I just said is simply the beginning. He's not coming back yet. It's just the beginning. Okay. When you're being delivered up, and that's the next thing he says, that you and I, those that are believers, you're going to be delivered up to what? To maybe the one world order or to the presiding government, and you will be afflicted and you will be killed. Who wants to be killed? I don't. Okay. And they, and you, and we'll be hated of all nations. For Jesus' sake, and many shall be offended and betray one another. So that person that you're spending so much time with and possibly not with the word of God or with the Holy Spirit, uh, that same person can turn you over to the authorities so that you can be killed. Many false prophets shall rise. We see that now. We have people, uh, prophets, preachers, pastors, uh, they speak more about prosperity than they do about <laughs> becoming saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized, and letting you know that if you continue to sin, you will land in hell, letting you know that hell is real, heaven is real. So we're not, we cannot just judge people by the positions that they're holding now. You could be a pastor over 20,000 people and still not be delivered and still not be what Jesus have called you to be. You can still be a wolf, you know, in sheep clothing, meaning that you are not prepared yourself to lead people into the kingdom of God. And iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall grow cold. We see that in the news constantly. Parents killing children, children killing parents. Uh, one girl just killed her, her sister, and the baby that the sister was sleeping in bed with. Love has already waxed cold. We see it like constantly. And that's the reason why we are all feeling this inclination. I just want to get up out of here. But God has a plan and you're included in that plan. And I'm going to share with you how do you do the things that you've been called to do? Because why? You've been chosen.
chosen to do what? That's what we're going to figure out. And the Bible still says in Matthew 24, verse 13, that he that shall endure until the end, that's the one that shall be saved. But look at this, the gospel, the good news that Jesus have died for us and that we can be reconciled back to the Father and that you can have heaven in your heart even while you're living on earth, that you can be in the kingdom of light, peace, love, and joy while we're in tribulation trials. But that, that gospel has to be preached over the whole world. And then shall the end come. So again, we are really getting close because with podcasts and you know, YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, there's so many avenues that really do allow the gospel to be preached throughout the entire world. We are getting very close to the coming of the Lord. You know, um, I was speaking about being chosen because over in um, John, oh, I didn't realize I had to stay in John, <laughs> the 15th chapter. So that was the fourth. We talked about Matthew, about the signs. We talked about John 14, let not your heart be troubled. And now we're going to go to John, the 15th chapter, because 16 verse says, you have not chosen Jesus, but Jesus chose you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit shall remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in Jesus' name, he may give it to you. And so that's chosen and you've been ordained. And that's by Jesus himself. When you receive Jesus in your heart and you become a new creature. Okay. And um, so we're going to read more of John, the 15th chapter. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me. So we're branches in Jesus that beareth not fruit. The father take away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. So you, you repented, you confessed it, you got baptized. Now you must bring forth fruit. And by reading the word of God and assembling with other believers and communing with Holy Spirit, the Father will purge you. He will be responsible for purging you. And then you will be clean through the word that Jesus have left here on earth for us. So we are to abide in Jesus and Jesus will abide in us as the branch. You cannot bear fruit of yourself. You cannot be disconnected from the word of God and from Jesus and from other believers and bear fruit. You must assemble, you know, it said forsake not the assembling of the believers, right? Okay. So the only way you and I are as branches can bear fruit because we've been chosen to bear fruit is that we must abide in the vine and that's Jesus. Okay. Um, Jesus says again, I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. So if a man abide not in Jesus, then he will be cast forth as a branch and he will wither. So if you get saved, Confess, repent, baptize, but then you stop reading the word of God or you never read it 
or you stop going to church and fellowshipping or praying and fasting, okay, you will wither away and you will not bring forth fruit, you know, that reflect righteousness. And then when you're withered, what happens is you're cast into the fire and burnt. So if you abide in Jesus and Jesus' words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. And make sure we understand that. Once we become new creatures, a new creation, and the word of God is abiding in us, and we're abiding in the word, and Jesus is in us, and, and we're in Jesus. When you open your mouth to ask something, you're going to ask something that really literally came from Holy Spirit and from the word of God, because you have now become one with the spirit of truth. So the father is glorified by you and I bringing forth fruit. This is how we become disciples of Jesus. Jesus goes further in John 15 to say, as the father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you, how do we abide in Jesus' love? Keep his commandments. Amen. Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So Jesus was also under authority under his father. And that's what he wants us to understand. You don't get saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and woo, 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 go away on your own and think that you will prosper. No, you will not. I, I counsel, uh, pastors and one of, and one of my pastors that I am, you know, uh, given the word to, um, he did just that. Uh, he went out, started a church, hadn't been really into the faith that long and, uh, went out, started a church, was under no one, no matter how often I said, no, you must be under authority. And true enough, he withered. But to God be the glory. He recognized the error of his ways. And now he's coming back in to abiding with the father, abiding with Jesus. Amen. And obeying the commandments of Jesus. Do you know that if you wander away from Jesus, gradually you become sinful, sinful from being a righteous person. But if you're not reading the word, you're not fellowshipping, you're not praying, you're not fasting. Guess what? You are not abiding. You're just wearing a tag that has no meaning. You're, you're, you're not even real at all. Let's go back to the word. John, the 15th chapter. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy, Jesus joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Do you see it? So Jesus joy comes inside of you. Okay, And Jesus' joy is to do the will of his Father. And then as a result of Jesus' joy coming inside of you and remaining in you, your personal joy becomes full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus says, you are my friends. If you do, if there's a condition, you're Jesus friend, like, you know, that song, I am a friend of God. I am the friend of God. Really? Are you doing God's commandments? That's how you be a friend of God. And that's the word. Verse number 14, John chapter 15. 
you are my friend's condition if, if you do whatsoever I command you. So you cannot be a friend of God or Jesus and then you're fornicating. And a lot, lot of people are going to church and then they leave church and they go home where they're living with somebody. That's fornication. You know? No, you can't do that. That was just one thing that came to mind. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servants knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. And so he reiterated again, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And and so when he chooses us before he, you know, well, not before, but we, you know, he chooses us. Then we have to decide, are we really ready? Do we want to be Jesus friend? You know, and to be Jesus friend is evidence by your actions that you must be obedient. And I'll read that again. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you to do. So the first thing that he commands is that we love one another. And love means forgiving, forsaking yourself sometime. If the world hate you, you know that it hated Jesus first. So if Jesus is in you, then what you what you doing being so friendly with the world? Because the world, meaning those that are rebellious, that have no covenant, no knowledge, no desire to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that's the world, the unbeliever. So if the world hates Jesus, how then can the world love you if Jesus is inside of you? It cannot. So if you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, and why are you not of the world? Because Jesus has chosen you out of the world. He pulled you out. Therefore, the world will hate you. So the servant is not greater than the Lord, than his Lord. You are not greater than Jesus. If they persecuted Jesus, which we know they did, then they will also persecute you. They will persecute you if you have kept the sayings of Jesus. That's even in Revelations when the dragon uh, goes against the seed of the woman that keeps the word of Jesus, right? So the Lord want us to know that um, if the world hated Jesus, then the world also hated the creator. Okay. So these things will come to pass, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, which shall proceed. So where does the spirit of truth come from? The Bible tells us the spirit of truth comes from the creator, from the father, which is now sent to us, which now dwells inside of us if we receive him. Okay, so I think we got a better understanding of what it means to be chosen. 
And so, yes, when you are chosen, you may sometimes have the desire to get up out of the world, to leave this world, to escape to heaven. But you've been chosen. Uh, that brings to my mind Luke, the fourth chapter, verse 18. Just a lot of us say, well, I'm chosen. And you kind of put, put your head on your shoulder a little bit too high. But you were chosen for a purpose, not for accolades, not for somebody to look at you and worship you and say, oh, how great thou art. No, it is the Lord that's great. You were chosen for a job, for functionality. And here it is, Luke 4.18. The spirit of, of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. That's what we're chosen for, to the poor. Sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. That is the purpose of you being chosen. And, you know, it's so funny as I read that the Lord just brought back to my mind. I believe it's Mark 16 chapter that as Jesus was leaving his disciples and you and I are disciples you know, 15 verse, he says, this is called the Great Commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So we are ministers of reconciliation. We have a great charge. So we don't have time to really always thinking about escaping. Oh, yes, I understand escape. Then go ahead and commune with the Father, commune with Jesus, commune with the word, pray. And that's your escape. Remember, you've been chosen. And as chosen individuals, you must fulfill your purpose. And here's your purpose. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to everyone. Not, not just your cousin or your mom and daddy or those that you know. No, step outside your comfort zone. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. So you have been equipped to cast out devils and you shall speak with new tongues. You'll take up serpents. And if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. And you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That is why Jesus said, I chose you out of the world so I could put you back in the world so you can be used by me and my Father and Holy Spirit to deliver them out of the world also. We don't really have time to escape on a long-term basis. We can escape to be rejuvenated, restored, energized, you know, prophetically uh, given a word of knowledge. But you got to come back to reality believers and go to the unbelievers and those that have never even heard about Jesus and, and do the Great Commission. One thing you and I need to know in doing our assignment, performing the assignment that Jesus has, has left for us to do, we must keep ourselves pure. So that brings me to First Peter, I believe. Let me go there. And I believe it's the first chapter. Let's see. Well, <laughs> okay. First chapter, second verse says, Elect 
according, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, the Creator, through sanctification. What does the Spirit do? Holy Spirit sanctifies you. And obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. I want to stop there because I don't think that I've ever really felt so strongly how the triune nature of God really works on our behalf, the elect. First of all, because of the foreknowledge that God knew you before you were in the womb of your mother, before the seed and the sperm, your mother's egg and sperm connected, God already knew you. So that's how, that's the beginning of you being chosen. Then secondly, Holy Spirit, who is now on the earth, sanctifies you. His nudging moves you. His filling, his dwelling moves you from sinfulness into righteousness, which is reconciliation, literally, with Jesus Christ. And then obedience unto the word of God, obedience and the sprinkling of the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary, you know. Those three components work together to keep you in the functionality and the position of being chosen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So our ultimate faith and saying, I'm escaping is because we know that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Amen. That's why we can hope like that to an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away. It reserved in heaven for you, kept by the power of God through faith, your faith, your faith, your faith while you're on earth it has a part to play in your inheritance being kept in heaven it's your faith by the power of God unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time so therefore you need to rejoice when we're feeling heavy because we're going through temptations and the trial of our faith is being much more precious than of gold that perish because when we're tried when our faith is tried and we still stand that will be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom we haven't seen yet, but we still love him. So the end of your faith is salvation, okay, of your soul. And many prophets, they talked about it, but they never experienced it. So, but we, you and I, we have this privilege of uh, having Holy Spirit live inside of us so that we have faith unto salvation. So we're to gird up the loins of our body, of our mind. Okay. Gird it up. Don't go out into space and become loony tube. And you know, like you're like you have insanity. No, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought into you. At the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, fashioning ourselves, therefore, so we are separating ourselves from that lust that we had before in ignorance, right? 
because we're to be holy. So in order for you to be chosen and to remain chosen and to perform the assignment that we've been called to perform, uh, you have to be holy. Okay. And you got to be holy in all manner of your lifestyle because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. I'm going to end with second Peter. I believe the first chapter, verse number three. And let's see what it says. Because according as his divine power has given unto us all things, all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. Okay. Whereby are given unto us, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption, the corruption that is in the world through lust. So I'm going to pray, Lord God, I ask you look down upon us today. Those that have accepted and confessed it, repented and are already into the fellowship of believers and those that have not yet received you, Lord, touch all of us. And Father, as you move us even further into you, Lord, I ask that you add faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Lord God, that you let all this be inside of us as we live here on earth so that we can be vessels of honor, Lord God, so that you can abound in us, Lord, that we be that we are not barren, Lord God, that we bring forth fruit and that we remain fruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ so that we can do the work that Jesus has assigned to us, that we can perform the great commission that many souls will be pulled out of the world, out of the kingdom of darkness into your son, marvelous light, marvelous kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, let us remain chosen, God, to do your will. Father, I thank you again for all that you've done and all that you're doing and all that you will do. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. I can't wait to see you next week. Come back. Bye. Yeah.